Five in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, we have had many wonderful people from various professions, including doctors, authors, actors, comedians, mixed martial arts fighters, marijuana dispensary owners, Broadway performers, opera singers, and I could go on and on and on. We have been very fortunate. And tonight, I am happy to say, you know I love saying this, we have another first on the No Outlet Podcast. We have got a legitimate baker. We've never had a butcher or a candlestick maker, but tonight we have a baker. She makes some amazing items such as raw Oreos with matcha cashew, dark chocolate ganache torte, Vietnamese iced coffee layer cake, strawberry basil shortcake oh my god sounds amazing and so much more and we're going to talk about all that and many other topics so without any further ado please give a warm no outlet welcome to marlena from mars bakes hey marlena hi how are you i'm great excellent uh we're going to play a game called 20 questions and it always starts in the exact same place, and that's with question number one. Question number one, the most obvious question. So what got you interested in baking? Well, I did start off knowing that I wanted to bake or even do anything with food for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went to school for communications and media, and I thought I wanted to film and things like that but I just I just never got into it career-wise and I worked retail for a while um different things and one time I got laid off from one of my retail jobs and you know what I was like it's time for a change I've always been interested in food but I haven't really tried it myself so I decided I was going to get a job with food somewhere and kind of just try to be around people in the in that industry and um i came upon a small business mother juice sure um in boston and yes i started working for them and just started creating more things and see myself how to how to do it how to do um baking raw food um Yeah, I like that. So, you know, it's interesting because sometimes the path to get to, um, you know, where you should be is is uh, an obvious one. And sometimes the universe just makes you kind of go a different route, but eventually you get there. So what was the very first product that um, you kind of, you know, I'll use the term mastered, but the first the first product that you felt like, okay, this is good enough so that I can offer it to the general public to buy and consume because it's that good. That would be the Amaze Balls, I would say, that we make at Mother Juice. Sure. They're raw, vegan, um, kind of like energy bites um, made with nuts, um, dates, all natural stuff. Um, so started doing those, and they were just so fun because you can go in so many directions so you know just through trying new things doing different experiments just just like um 
trying out something new every day and I was able to people liked it. So that was probably one of the first really yeah, and I can say from firsthand experience, they are truly amazing. Um, so good. It's one of those things where, you know, it, it tastes amazing. And normally when you have something that tastes good afterwards, you kind of feel a little bit like guilty for having it. But uh, that's the type of product where you eat it and you don't feel bad at all because it's filled with all good stuff. Uh, huge fan. Um, next question. What are your thoughts on interdimensional beings living all around and among us? Ooh. Um, my thoughts are that it's very possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay well, I, I agree. It's definitely very possible. Um, have you ever... Uh, had any occurrence in your life where you're like, I have no idea what just happened, but it could have been an inter- interdimensional being? Ooh. No, I haven't yet, but I'm open to that experience. <laughs> <laughs> She's ready for it, folks. Well, be on the lookout because they are absolutely everywhere, and um, sometimes they do things and you don't even realize it, so uh, for sure yes. they're out there. Um, yes. So are you a uh, are you a vegan yourself? I'm actually not. Um, okay. I eat everything, but I do enjoy making things because anyone can eat it. Right. So I like to make stuff that is that no one is restricted from. Everyone can enjoy. Open to um, all. So that's what got yeah. That's what got me really interested in um, you know expanding my skills on. That's a really cool way to look at. It. I had never really thought about it that way, but if you make something that even a vegan could eat, then you know yeah. that everyone could have it. I, I really like yeah. that perspective. Is there anything that is? Does it make it more? Ch- I mean, I'm not right up front. Big surprise here. I'm not a baker, um, but does it make it more challenging to? Because obviously, when you think of vegan, you think, okay, well, there's no eggs, right? Um, or at least I'm imagining there's no eggs because it comes from uh, chicken and there's no milk. So is it really challenging to create things that, that come, that hold together, that taste good while still staying inside the vegan framework? I would say yes. Um, but it's, it's really, um, it's more so gluten free, I would say, that is, is very challenging when it's vegan and gluten free. Um, that's when we're getting into no flowers and no products mm-hmm. like that. And, but what I've learned, you know, from learning in the, like, people are just so creative and there's so many substitutes out there. So at first it seems like it's so hard, but once you start doing it, find yourself able to make those replacements really easily. Got it. Makes sense. Um, You also offer, I noticed, a lot of gluten-free options. Do you have a gluten intolerance? No, again, I do not, but I like making stuff that um, anyone can have, and I feel like a lot of places to go to, they they would, like bakery specifically, um, would only have maybe one or two options for some gluten-free. Yeah. So it's nice to offer something that 
come in if they're vegan, you can come in if you're free and we can be able to get something, like get yourself free that is on the same level as, you know, any other bakery. Right. So, Marlene, you're breaking up a little bit. Um oh. And I don't know if it's because the the phone is far away from your mouth, or if it's because you're in a bad spot. But um, if there's if there's a if either one of those things are happening, then we're just going to roll with it. Just want to let you know. So um, I, I've got a few close friends and members of my family that have a gluten intolerance, and so I've been around like gluten free pizza, which is surprisingly good. You know what I mean? Like it, you'd think people think gluten free, and they think, oh, that's that can't be good. But that's not the case. In fact, some gluten-free like uh, crackers, pretzels, things like that, you know, that we've had at events to make it inclusive for everybody are actually better than ones that are made yeah. with like, you know, white flour or whatever. So I actually yeah. personally love uh, gluten-free products for that reason. And I might have to get a, uh, a cake for somebody's birthday this summer from you. So. Yes. Absolutely. And I, I understand from looking at your website, guys, go check out her website. It's uh it's marsbakes.com. Uh it looks like you were self taught, like you just explained, which I love. Um and you know, the the driver and that was a long time ago, right? That was like six, seven years ago. So from yeah. the time that you started to now, have you ever considered and by the way, I am a DIY person all the way. I think the best way to learn anything is to just learn it and do it yourself. Um, but I'm wondering if you've ever thought to yourself, geez, I, I wonder if I should go to like a classic baking institution and, and kind of learn even more about it. Or are you happy just continuing to experiment and doing things your own way? I have thought about that. And I, I do think it would help um, sharpen my skills more because the professional setting and educational setting, mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to definitely open my eyes up, I think. Um, but for, for right now, um, I would be interested in, you know, in some classes to, to help my career further. Um, but I do like what I'm doing right now, and there's so many resources available nowadays um, online, on YouTube, to watch videos and learn almost anything. So Yeah, it's true. So I think there's a benefit there, but for right now, I, I am happy with um, the way that I've learned. Yeah, there's always time, right? You need to, you don't have yeah. to. There's <laughs> never never a hurry to do that stuff. Um, so uh, where did you grow up? Are you a New England native? Yeah, I'm from Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay, cool. Um, so if I was to rank New England states, um, Connecticut's barely a New England state. All right, no offense. <laughs> But it, I mean, if we're being I honest, it like kind of belongs to New York. But <laughs> then again, yet, yet we have to, we, you're part of us. So if I was going to rank the New England states, I would rank New Hampshire number one. I would rank, uh, believe it or not, Maine number two, then Vermont, then Mass. Hmm. Then I'd have to, this is, I, I know that I just said you're barely New England state, but then I'd ha- probably have to go Connecticut and then Rhode Island because Rhode Island is just bad news across the board. Sorry. Ooh. I know. It really is, though. Aside from Newport, Newport's gorgeous and you got a couple oh. nice beaches, but there are some there's some sketchy things that happen in Rhode Island and it's, you know, um, sorry, Rhode Island. There, there's always <laughs> next time. 
But did you, I mean, uh, so when did you move to Boston? Because you're in Boston now, right? Yes. By the way, I have to just sit here on the island, but um, I moved to Boston for college. Um, I went to Suffolk University, and I moved here in about 2004. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're really, you're, you're a Bostonian now at this point. I mean, that was a long time oh, ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, yes, I consider myself Okay. So, and so in your, now I can ask you this question, in your professional opinion, um, aside from obviously the things that you make, where's the best place in Boston to get baked goods? Ooh. Wow. I like, well, I'm, you know what? I'm a donut person. Okay. My favorite donuts in Boston are Doughboy Donuts. What's the name of it? Doughboy. Doughboy Donuts. Okay. It's an old school. Yeah, it's been there for years. It's just a classic. You know, get your iced coffee, the donuts, they have sandwiches. Their donuts are just so good. They're so fresh. Um, I think they have the best Boston donuts. Yum. Well, that's a good place to start. And that is not a vegan or gluten free place. <laughs> it's got everything. Um, yes. th- there was a place. So I-, I raised a family in southern Maine for a number of years, and there used to be this um, donut place. It was called Down East Donuts, and it was mm. there was nothing. It was on two thirty six. It was nothing around it. Tiny little place, and they would h- hand make the donuts every morning, cook them, and then they would always sell out by like you had to get there pretty early, like on the weekends. If you weren't there before nine, they were all gone. And they weren't making more. Like, that was it. And then, sadly, they sold location to a Dunkin' Donuts. And now there's a Dunkin' Donuts in there. And the di- let me tell you something. The difference between, I'm sure Doughboy's the same way, difference between a handmade, uh, you know, freshly cooked and that day made donut compared to a Dunkin' Donuts, it's not even the same product. Like, it's oh, not. absolutely. Absolutely. With Doughboy, they're open. 24 hours so oh that's dangerous they put out the donuts a few times yeah so like they'll have a late night drop of donuts so <laughs> that's what i like to go yeah of course that's well that's, i can imagine it being pretty busy at night <laughs> you know, after the bars are closed yes, it's, yeah it's yes everyone's there you'll see all walks of life that's cool um so and the cool thing about baking you know again i'm not a baker but baking is actually it truly is a science you know it's there are so many things that need to go right. You know, we're talking about in some cases, you know, yeast and having the yeast, you know, uh, grow the right way. And you've got the eggs and you, the, the way that you beat the eggs. And then you've got like all these different ingredients. And if you have too much of one, too much of another, there's just a lot of variables that can go right or wrong. Have you ever been experimenting and made a quote unquote mistake that turned out to be a surprise success and something that you ended up Replicating? Hmm. Yeah, sometimes there's like um, a repurposing. Like you make something and you have a you have a plan for it, but it doesn't come out the way you think. So then you repurpose yeah. <laughs> and come up with a you know some else for it um 
I like that. So it's like when you're painting, imagine if you're painting a picture, right? And then you make a mistake, you can just kind of paint over that mistake and it's something new. I like that. That's good. And the best part is no matter what, even if it's not quote unquote perfect, it's going to be edible and someone will be able to enjoy it. Right. Exactly. If the flavor's there, you usually do something. (laughs) Totally. Now, have you ever experimented There's a, you know, everyone's always looking for ways to, you know, no pun intended, have their cake and eat it too. And everyone's, you know, trying to eat right and exercise. Have you ever tried to experiment with adding like protein or vegan protein powder or something into your concoction so that it would be like, hey, you know, this cookie also has like 18 grams of protein or whatever? Yes, I have tried that. Um, I like to do natural sources of protein. So instead of doing a powder, maybe it's a cookie that has in it. Okay. And that is giving a protein for um, For me, with the powder, sometimes they're overwhelming. But I have, you know, I know that people are interested always in adding more protein and kind of supplements to education and getting that expertise from it. And um, I think it takes a, it takes some uh, some recipe to get there with the, the protein powders like that. But mm-hmm. for a baked good. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I, I I've tried every type of product that's got protein in it, and usually it's garbage. Like you know, they've got protein chips; they taste yeah. terrible. They've got a protein right. cookie at GNC; it tastes terrible. Um, so it, it it's tough to like cram that much protein into something and have it taste somewhat good. So it's better just to exactly. focus on quality ingredients, focus on things that have protein naturally. And don't worry right. about getting 20 grams. And, and if you really want to eat a cookie, eat a cookie. If you want to have a protein shake, then have a protein shake, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I like that. So um, have you ever tried making anything with uh, hemp or CBD or anything like that? Oh, I have. Um, yes, I've tried making CBD uh, oils, like your stuff with maize balls, raw treats. Um, I would try to put oil in there so you could get a little serving and you know it'd be like a natural dessert that has the like a lavender are you still there yes okay yeah you're like you were breaking in and out. So I think, I I think I heard most of, yeah, that's okay. That's right. We just, we, we roll with it here. We're, we're, um, we're an organic, we're an organic podcast. We just let things happen the way that they happen. Um, I, I think I, I just had your website up and I think I saw the amazeballs with CBD. Um, have you noticed a big demand for, for any particular, like CBD is a big thing right now. Hemp is a big thing right now. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, all good reasons. Have you seen a, an increase in demand for products with CBD? Oh well, we don't. I don't do those personally, but I have, um, you know, out in the world, like it is coming uh, more of an everyday supplement. Yep. Um, I would like to create more things. Sure. Yeah, I love I that idea. Do you ever take, like, would you take a, uh, if somebody said, hey, okay, uh, Mars Bakes, I want you to make me um, uh, two dozen, three dozen, pick a number, whatever whatever makes sense for you. 
and I want a specific type of cookie, like let's say a lemon ginger cookie with, you know, CBD in it. Would you, do you go off your normal menu or do you try to stick to, you have a set like list of things that you make and that's what you make? Oh no. Um, I say there's four items that I'm, I'm always like hmm, trying to challenge myself to, to do um, recipes. So if someone came up with that, I'd probably you know, start with ideas together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. What is the best concert that you've ever been to? Ooh, um, I would say Erica Badu. Ooh. Years ago in Boston. She is an amazing performer, and going to one of her shows is a very special place. What a great answer. I've asked that question probably 40 or 50 times, and I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever said that name. And I got to tell you, I owned one of her. I own. I still have CDs. I know you don't need them anymore, but I still like them. And I have um, one of her albums. I forget which one it was. It was the one that was like one of her first ones that came out. Wasn't she, um, didn't she get married to Andre 3000? Yes. Okay. So she's very, very talented. What a talent. Um, Where'd you see her at? Um, It was at the venue Big Night Live. Sure. Have you ever been to Boston Calling? I haven't. I haven't either. <laughs> this year's lineup looks um, pretty compelling. I might, I might have to change that. Although I'm just, when I think about going to the Harvard Athletic Complex to watch a three-day concert at my age, it just instantly <laughs> makes me not want to do it. Because I'm picturing, I mean, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just the the scenes in my head are just like, oh boy, I can just imagine being there instead. So, what are your thoughts on the emergence of hyperintelligent artificial intelligence or AI? And my question, you know, is I feel like you have a profession that is safe. You know, like AI is never going to replicate what a baker can do, right? Where I think we're far yeah. away from that. But there are a lot of other professions that, you know, are in serious jeopardy of not being needed. So in, in a general sense, what are your thoughts on AI? Hmm. Um, I think there's a way that AI could help us and maybe we have to talk about it as a takeover. Maybe we can work with AI. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it will always come back to, if you're talking about jobs, I, I, it'll always come back to like having some people mm-hmm. and having some management. I'm, I'm not sure if it would, if it would last this AI on its own taking over those jobs. Okay. So you're more optimistic about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that. I'm with you. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you can write a computer program that is super intelligent and, and knows a lot of things, but I've been in business for 30 years and I can tell you that where business really happens is 
person-to-person relationships, um, you know, understanding what makes somebody tick, understanding what their interests are, having some common, you know, connection with them and, you know, relating on a level that's human. And you simply can't do that uh, if you are not human. So I, I'm I'm with you, although there are a lot of people that are really nervous about it. I'm not one of them. Um, what book are you reading right now? Ooh, I have no book. Okay, that's fine. I I've got an alternate question. That's fine. Yes. I always I always like to have a backup because some people don't read, and that's totally cool. What's yes. your favorite TV show right now? Okay, well, right now I am watching this older show called Fringe. Have you heard of it? Called what? It's called Fringe. Fringe. Yes. I have heard of it. It's like an X spot where you're talking about life among us. Well, that is kind of the subject of the show. Um, it's sort of like an X Files, but it's in Boston, actually. Oh, cool. Um, it's and it's about ten years. It's like over ten years old, but. I'm watching that. No, that's fine. I thought you said friends at first. I'm like, yes, I've heard of friends. I'm an old guy. Um, So how about Wednesday? Did you watch Wednesday? I haven't. I want to. It's on my list. So it's funny because when I first saw it advertised, it didn't really interest me or not interest me. But then I realized that Fred Armisen was in it. And then I realized that... um, Catherine Zeta Jones and the guy who plays her husband, I forget his name, but he's a great actor. And then I got a few people that I, that I appreciate their opinion. They were like, no, you really got to watch it. It's a lot better than you think. And it's actually really good. I mean, you got to suspend your disbelief because, you know, it's a TV show about a school for people that are like, you know, it's not a Harry Potter type thing. They're not wizards, but they're like kind of monsters in a way you know what I mean so you have to like let go of your sense of logic and just succumb to that concept but it's well written the acting's amazing it's got a pretty decent story Christina Ritchie's in it too so I would I would highly recommend that what's the best subway line in Boston the best huh um well I'm on the red line and definitely not the red line I might say the orange line. I feel like the orange line is, um, well, it does have its problems, but it moves very quickly. Now, was the orange line the one that had all the delays and they were doing all the... Uh, yes, they yeah. shut it down for a while, yes. They shut it down, right. And I, I've always heard red is the worst. I, I always hear that. And then I hear that Absolutely. the green is pretty good. Ooh, green. In the summer... When a Red Sox team gets out and they're on the green line, that's probably one of the worst things. Ooh, okay. Ever. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Crammed on the trolley. Something to avoid. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Have you ever, um, let me see the best way to ask this question. What's the furthest away from Boston that you've been where you've tried something that was baked in that local area? Furthest. Where? Oh, I'm sorry. You said furthest away from Boston? Yeah, farthest away. Like, have you been in, like, overseas? Have you been to California? Have you been, have you tried something baked someplace other than Boston? And I've got a reason why I'm asking this question. Oh, well, again, to go 
back to my donuts that I love. Um, I would say I went to L.A. Okay. Um, last spring, and L.A. is actually a donut town. There's so many donut shops, and they're all local. Again, this is reference to, like, when you ask me. And I said, Doughboy Donuts, it's kind of donut shops like that, um, family-owned businesses, small donut shops, everywhere you look, um, fresh baked donuts. So that was kind of surprising. I didn't know um, that L.A. was such a donut shop. Right. You wouldn't think so. You'd think L.A., movie stars, everyone wants to avoid carbs and be thin, but then <laughs> yeah. you realize that they're everywhere. There's that side, too, yes. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I asked the question is so apparently the water in the Northeast, specifically in Boston, um, New York has this with bagels, right? New York water, if you try to make a bagel any place outside of New York City, it doesn't taste quite the same. It doesn't cook as well. And pizza, so if you go to Florida and you try to get a pizza in Florida, it's not happening. It's not going to taste the same because the water is so different. You can't make the crust right. So I'm imagining that the same thing has to hold true when you're baking in another place. And maybe LA's figured out how to, you know, cut through the, the, the scavenger hunt of water when it comes to making donuts. But, um, it's good that we live in the Northeast. That's my, that's my point. You're in the right place to be baking stuff. (laughs) Um, all right. Now this is a tough question. I'll tell you right up front. It's not going to be an easy one. So Mount Rushmore, right? Mount Rushmore is a, uh, national landmark it is in South Dakota, I believe, um, and it it has four ex-presidents up there. Um, and I like to ask the question when I have a subject matter expert of what their Mount Rushmore would be. So I'm going to ask you, what is your Mount Rushmore of baked goods? So you can be like, it can be like, uh, I'm just going to make this up, Doughboy Donuts, and then it can be like uh, the cannoli from so-and-so, whatever, but it can be... Anything you want it to be, but if you could pick four things and put them up on Mount Rushmore, what would they be? Ooh, okay. So we're talking four specific things in specific places. Or you could, if you wanted to be a little bit, I mean, the more specific, the better. <laughs> but it's your, it's your mountain, so you can make it as if you want just a, a any old donut. That's fine too. It's it's up to you. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Well. A local one, actually, in Maine, I have to say this on Mount Rushmore status, is the crawler from Lil's in Kittery. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe it? Kittery <laughs> is on the map, folks. Wow. <laughs> Lil's. I know Lil's. Okay. Shout out to Lil's. Love that. Uh, so the colors are they're amazing. Um, uh, then uh, maybe we'll just. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, there's a place in New York called Supermoon. It's a bakery in the Lower East Side. They are on the Mount Rushmore for their croissants because they make the most amazing croissants in different flavors, very mm. unique, um, you know, matcha. They do things, um, eBay, black sesame, um, of flavors. Um, they're one of the best bakeries um is that i would say um i can feel the pressure 
I, I can sense the dread. I can. There's no wrong Ooh. answers. Nobody, nobody's going to hold it against you. You can even no, name. I, you can name one of your own creations. There's no shame in that. Okay. Well, since you gave me that idea, I put myself up there for vegan cheesecake. Yeah. I think I make the best one. Um, that's one of my specialties that I love to do. Um, that's definitely up there. And hmm, maybe the. Uh, Wow. They're not laughing at you, they're laughing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the cookies that I make too, those are. I'll just put my own cookies up there as well because that's one of my special. I like that move. <laughs> um, I sh- I thought for sure, and, and I kind of appreciate the fact that you didn't do this, but I thought for sure that you were going to say, you know, one of the cannoli uh, landmarks in the North End, um, just because that's what you know people think of Boston, and and I guess cannolis kind of a stretch to call it a baked good because it's really more about the cream than it is about the actual you know, whatever it is that they call it, that you wrap it inside. Right. So, um, but I like the fact you didn't do that cause that would have been a very cliche answer. And I got to ask you vegan cheesecake. So I'm not an expert in the boundaries of what is vegan, what is not, but by definition, cheese is not vegan, right? So what is the substitute that you're putting in your vegan cheesecake to make it taste good? So I put, it's like a combination of cashews um, and coconut cream. That gives it the richness oh that you would goodness. get from a cream cheese. And then, you know, you add some um, lemon juice and then give it a little tang. So that gives the feeling of a cheese as well. And then there, that's kind of the base of it. And then there you can go wild with your toppings and different flavors. That sounds amazing. That even that that sounds better than just regular cream cheese. Like coconut and cashew are two of my favorite flavors. Uh, I love the sound of that. Ooh, I got to yeah. try one. And <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but when I read Vietnamese iced coffee layer cake, something just makes me think like that's got to be the best thing of all time. When I saw that on your website, I was just like, wow, I need to get one of those just to see what it's all about. That's incredible. All right, last question, and it's the easiest one. Where can the good people find you? We've got a whole studio audience here and they've been listening on every word and now they want to find out where can we follow her on social media? How can I order up something where you were mentioning mother juice? Where's mother juice at? Like let's, let's do all the plugs right now. Where can people find you and your baked goods? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at mars.base. And then right now I'm working for Mother Juice, and we have various locations in Boston. Um, We're on Newberry Street. We're at the Boston Public Market. We're at Harvard Square. And we're at High Street Place, which is a new food market in Boston. And you can 
find some of my bases in our stores directly. Lovely. That is outstanding. Guys, go check it out. Um, I cannot wait. I'm going to figure out a way to get um, all these things into, we have, you know, we bring things into the office. We have an office of about 50, 60 people. I'm going to figure out a way to get stuff in there so everyone can try it out. I wish, Marlena, I wish you could see the audience here because they are on their feet. They are, they've got these big, huge flags like you see at soccer games in Europe, except they've got like one has a cupcake and one has a cookie and one has a donut and they're just waving them. They're doing the wave for you. Uh, They're so excited. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I love the fact that you found a passion you did it. You uh, learned how to bake on your own, and now you're making something of it. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to to come on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a great night, everybody. Go check out MarsBakes.com. Thanks again. Take care.